Good evening. My name is Al Whitney. Welcome to In Defense of Humanity on this 23rd day of March 2019. This program is about helping people reawaken to the wonderful qualities of our own species. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> While accepting and understanding that the current corporate commercial legal structure, both government and business is built upon, is actively seeking to take control of all resources on our planet, including human. Restoring our unalienable rights and preserving our planet will require that we the people understand what has happened and learn how to empower ourselves as living men and women. Much of the information discussed on this show can be found either on my primary website, anticorruptionsociety.com, or my secondary site, parentsagainstmandatoryvaccines.net. There is also an IDH program links page on the Anti-Corruption Society website, where you can locate links to many of the topics we discuss on the show. I'd like to make new listeners aware that there is a free People's Empowerment Guide to our corporate commercial legal system on our website, and it's called Lawfully Yours. It is a collaboration of many men and women in the legal accountability movement. You can locate it by clicking on the Lawfully Yours tab. This guide contains valuable tools for challenging the non-existent authority of our corporate government, as does the Notice of Condition Precedent information also on my website. If you haven't yet processed your own notice, please check it out. Well, tonight I'd like to go back to talking about vaccinations because it appears that the mandatory vaccination war is really heating up. Um, websites have been shut down. There has been requests to e remove books from Amazon that are anti-vaccine. Last uh, Sunday on the 17th, Aaron and Melissa Dykes put out a wonderful podcast uh, and, uh, from their Troops, Truth Stream Media site. They do great work. I've listened to many of their podcasts. I think they do wonderful research. And they put the documents up on the screen that they're referring to so you can see them. They also add clips of people actually speaking the words. Um and, you know, that takes more time, but it sure makes the finished product worth that much more when you've got the text written by the perpetrators and you've also got um, videos of the perpetrators stating their lies. I mean, I just, I really appreciate all the work that they do. So I want to share the one they did and released on St. Patrick's Day. And it is titled, um, Free Speech and Shutting Down the Vaccine Debate. Free Speech and Shutting Down the Vaccine Debate. And I think she's made wonderful points here. She is, Melissa, doing most of the talking. And she is indignant and should be. You know, a lot of us rant about many of the topics that that are in our world today that are absolutely outrageous. And and what's what's kind of sad to me is when we rant and we we show our passion and our anger, we feel we call it a rant, 
instead of a justified expression of dismay and dislike and um and we apologize for it you know i don't think we should apologize for being passionate when when we are on the on the right side when we are on the side of protecting the population from harm uh, we have a right to to raise our voice and we have a right to express ourselves passionately so i want to share what melissa had to say uh and released on saint patrick's day Wonderful stuff. I hope every the listeners really appreciate it as much as I did. Let's go ahead and listen to Melissa talk about free speech and shutting down the vaccine debate. I just want to apologize in advance if the video that I'm about to do makes you want to slam your face into your monitor or throw it out the window, which is kind of how it makes me feel. But I feel like we have to talk about this because this is what is happening. There's a coordinated effort right now to shut down debate online in regard to vaccines. In the past several weeks, major tech companies, including Google and Amazon and Facebook, which comprises a very massive portion of what you would call the modern public square, because communication is all online now. So the public square has moved online now, and these companies comprise a large portion of that, and they have, in a coordinated effort now, they have decided to start targeting anti-vaccine information. So back at the end of February, you had YouTube demonetizing anti-vaccine channels completely, and they started putting up this little informational piece from Wikipedia about vaccine hesitancy, which the fir- the second sentence of that page states that it has been identified by the World Health Organization that vaccine hesitancy is one of the top 10 global threats to health in 2019. So that's that's prominently being featured now under people's videos on YouTube when they talk about vaccines or being possibly even a little bit suspicious of vaccines. Now they're going to have this informational bracket put on under there. A couple of days after that, you had Amazon start taking down anti-vaccine documentaries. And right before that, you actually had Congressional Representative Adam Schiff out of California write Jeff Bezos personally and ask him to start targeting anti-vaccine information on Amazon, recommending anti-vaccination books and videos and its search results. So there's a collusion now that's happening between government representatives and major tech corporations to shut down speech that the government does not want promoted on these platforms. Then just a few days after that, Facebook announced that they too will also be cracking down on anti-vaccine content and it will no longer allow these groups to promote their information through ads or recommendations and will make it specifically says they're going to make anti-vaccine information less prominent in search results. And in the midst of that, this came to my attention that you have this man, Dr. Peter Hotez, who just a few days ago, Joe Rogan had him on his podcast. I didn't even know who this guy, I never had heard of him. He's, he's out of Texas too, and I'd never heard of him. But he's going around now and making statements about how we need to dismantle the entire anti-vaccine movement and any of their ability to have reach on media, on social media at all. And when you say he wants to shut it down, he literally said in March of 2017, an American anti-vaccine movement is building and we need to take steps now to snuff it out. 
That's a quote. And this guy has shown up in the last six months all over the media. Not only was he on Joe Rogan, but he was featured in Texas Monthly about the scary anti-science movement that has taken over Texas. He's been on the major media outlets. For the first time, now we're seeing deaths uh, because of this anti-vaccine movement. So it's an absolute lie that has killed thousands of kids because the mothers who heard that lie Many of them didn't have their kids take either pertussis or measles vaccine, and their children are dead today. It's not a choice. It's a requirement. And he's been on the stump trying to actually shut down free speech because he's admitted he can't win the debate with so-called anti-vaccine parents. So he just wants them shut down across social media and is very, very suspiciously right in lockstep coordination with the rest of social media, members of Congress, and major establishment figures in saying that ordinary grassroots people should no longer have a right to talk online about this material. And that's bad enough that we're going to just shut down debate over something. We're just going to shut it down. We're not We're not going to have the debate. We're just going to shut the debate down entirely. But his rhetoric has gotten to the point where it is so inflammatory. Dr. Peter Hotez gave a global health lecture at Duke University in which he called on medical scientists to engage the public to promote more financial investment into the development of more vaccines. But Dr. Hotez reserved the bulk of his venom for parents of vaccine-injured children. Like a schoolyard bully who engages in name-calling when he can't come up with anything intelligent to say, He slapped the anti-vaccine label onto parents of vaccine-injured children, speaking about what happened to their children after vaccination. Then he went further, quote, anti-vaccine organizations camouflage themselves as a political group, but I call them for what they really are, a hate group, Hotez said. Quote, they are a hate group that hates their family and hates their children. Now, I think we all know, based on that rhetoric, what is going on right now in terms of hate speech laws and how they're trying to shut down speech that should be free under this guise of what hate speech is. And when that first started, you had things where people said, well, there's got to be some reasonable standards on what people are allowed to say or not say. But clearly, you can see that that is ramping up and blooming out, and they're adding all kinds of things into it now on what is and is not considered hate speech. The idea of calling somebody a hate group, that's a weaponized term. Dr. Hotez chose to use the word hate four times in two sentences when he defamed the National Vaccine Information Center by calling it a hate group. Branding an organization a hate group is not an inconsequential action, morally or legally. Yeah, I mean, they've jumped in and said this guy's acting like a schoolyard bully, he's calling people names, but it's worse than that because terms like hate groups, it's just one step short of terrorists. They're trying to put legally binding consequences. They're barring travel, kicking people off of platforms. You know, this is a term that it's not only meant to delegitimize and shut down an argument, it's meant to shut down people's ability to exist and function in this society. And so to say that out of turn, to say that without actual evidence, I mean, it just smacks of slander and libel. Some physicians and lawyers in academia have been systematically fomenting fear, hatred, and prejudice against any parent or physician 
who talks about the reality of vaccine injuries and deaths and defends the informed consent principle, which has been the ethical standard for the ethical practice of medicine since World War II. Well, because if you say somebody is part of a hate group, then does that make what they're saying hate speech? If you, if you can just name a group you don't agree with that you want to shut down debate with, and then you can officially call that a hate group and then say what they say is then hate speech, you can shut them down from talking at all. It's a way to shut down a First Amendment right of a whole section of people who have a right to talk about these things. So this guy went on Joe Rogan a couple of days, and I had not heard of this until I heard that he was, that this was the new level that we're at on trying to shut down people's right to talk about this issue. It's really interesting timing. So after you had Google demonetizing and basically delisting and depromoting anti-vaccine videos, then you had Amazon pulling anti-vaccine documentaries, and then you had Facebook demoting anti-vaccine groups on the platform. Then within a couple of days of all of that happening, suddenly Joe Rogan has this guy on. Now, before I play clips of this guy, and, and this really is the part that made me want to either like just facepalm myself into a coma or throw my monitor out the window. I just want to say who this guy is because his Wikipedia does not tell you everything about who he is. And that's what they're using now for the standard of information, right? So let's go beyond that. First of all, Dr. Peter Hotez is one of the most deeply entrenched vaccine industry figures that even exists in the public in 2019. He got his PhD from Rockefeller University of the Rockefeller family, who has been a huge promoter of vaccines worldwide for the entire 20th century. His medical degree from Cornell, which is right across the street from the Rockefeller University. He ran the Sabine Institute in D.C., which is named after Albert Sabine, who developed the oral polio vaccine, which was made from the live polio virus, which has been scientifically proven to cause vaccine-associated paralytic poliomyelitis, which is why the use of the oral polio vaccine in the U.S. was discontinued in 2000, just by the way. And speaking of the year 2000, following the World Health Organization Millennium Development Goals in 2000, Hotez led a global effort to rename diseases that were then termed other diseases or neglected diseases because they want to bring more diseases in that they can vaccinate against. And he was promoting the use of preventative chemotherapy. Preventative chemotherapy. All right. Anyways, between the years of 2000 and 2011, he served as professor and chair of the Department of Microbiology and Tropical Medicine at George Washington University. And during that time, in 2004, he co-wrote an op-ed with the vice president for Homeland Security at George Washington University, calling openly for a renewal of the industrial academic military complex to develop new vaccines. He's also collaborating with Millipore Sigma, which is out of Baylor. That is directly a Merck and company life sciences business. Okay, directly. Millipore Sigma that he collaborates with is directly Merck. It's not sort of Merck or kind of funded by Merck. It is Merck and Co. All right. And on top of all of that, He's also a consultant to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, who, it was reported in May 2007, gave Hotez $52 million to fund his labs. Yeah, and that was in the Hartford Courant out of Connecticut. The date was May 13th, 2007. And then they have a big pullout quote that shows you how happy and excited he is about it. 
He says, quote, it's like one of those dreams you get after drinking too much red wine. You wake up and say, and then my lab was fully funded and in walks Alyssa Milano in an evening dress. So, <laughs> uh, he, you know, he goes on to say in other places, I don't get a dime out of these grants and research. I'm in it for the poor people. Well, he certainly gets a rise out of it. OK, when his institutions get funded and he's having and, wet dreams about Alyssa Milano, you know, when his institutions get funded, he by definition has a vested interest in the propagation of these vaccines. That's what he was talking about when he talked about the renewal of an industrial academic military complex. You know, there, there's a vested institutional interest in this and he dares to speak out against the handful of grassroots individuals parents and concerned individuals who are saying wait a minute there's all this evidence that puts it into question he acts like those people are an organized lobbying interest (laughs) and he's literally talking about organizing the entire medical vaccine industry from the ground up with military and government backing not only in the u.s but across the world and the thing is is this guy goes on joe rogan and he straight up, this, you've got to just see some of the things that this, first of all, I don't know how many times he mentioned that he's angry that his book on Amazon is in 20th under anti-vaccine books. Um, you know, look at the Amazon site. I mean, it's, it's incredible. So my book, this book, the good news is it's, I think it, right now it's the highest rated pro-vaccine book on Amazon. The bad news is overall it's ranked about 20 because there's 19 other phony baloney anti-vaccine books. Amazon is the biggest purveyor now of anti-vaccine books. And this gets into all sorts of First Amendment issues, and I'm not a lawyer. Uh, but, you know, the, the idea that Amazon now is putting out all of these phony books and, and phony documentaries. Well, they're just a distributor, right? They don't have to go over every book that they sell with fine tooth. Well, but maybe they should. I mean, not fine tooth comb, but maybe there should be some screening. Maybe Amazon, maybe Facebook should all be hiring chief scientific officers to, you know, putting some stops on the dissemination of, of information. So, by his own words, for the past two years, he's been saying that Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, Yahoo, Google, Reddit, Pinterest, and Instagram need to hire chief scientific officers to quote manage filter, and regulate content. So in other words, he is openly calling for a scientific dictatorship that is going to control what information is available on the internet. And I just also want to point out, as has been pointed out many times, that the average person can't just go read the science because scientific articles are behind paywalls and they charge a lot of money. I've seen even $89 before just to read one scientific article. Because there are a lot of times that we want to do reports on this channel and we can't because we can't afford to pay how much it costs to rent these articles just to read it for 24 hours. So the science is being kept behind a paywall from the average person. That's first of all. Secondly, he is openly calling for what other people have called modern day book burning. It's censorship and it's censorship in a way that bottlenecks information and makes the idea of a free debate, a free speech society a total joke. It'll become curated, official, authorized information that dismisses anything that's dissenting. And (laughs) it just becomes a a repeating parrot game of agreeing to what someone else has told you is true without having any way 
of investigating or verifying it for yourself. It's the most anti-scientific thing that's been suggested for society since the Dark Ages, and that's no exaggeration. So when he talks about shutting down anti-vaccine-related stuff on Amazon, and he has a book on Amazon that he's angry is 20th behind anti-vaccine books, he can't even pretend like he doesn't have a vested interest in wanting to get those books out of the way so his book can be number one. You see, right, even right there at the lowest level, if, he, if his entire livelihood and career was not tied to funding through pro-vaccine foundations and the universities that receive grant funding through these organizations, right, even on the lowest possible level, he has a vested interest in being angry that anti-vaccine books are outselling his book on Amazon because he only mentioned it a whole bunch of times. And he acts like he, he has no money. He gets no money from this at all. He acts like he has absolutely no vested interest in it, never mentioning things like his $52 million grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. One of the things that the anti-vax, the insults that anti-vaxxers hurl at me is they say I'm a show for industry. They say I'm uh, secretly taking money from Merck and Lexus, yeah. that's all crap. I, mean, I don't take a penny from them, and, I, and, I, and that's, it's not even... How do you get paid? Just by the, from the university? I get paid by the university, and, and some of that, uh, some of my salary is offset by not grants from nonprofit foundations. $52 million is not anything to sneeze at, okay? Hey, if he's really not getting a dime from this money, then God bless him, but why is he having Alyssa Milano fantasies about having his research funded to this tune? <laughs> I mean, mean, first of all, he goes into this whole thing about there are 500 anti-vaccine websites. Let's let's be clear. The anti-vaccine lobby owns the Internet right now. What does that mean? What that means is they've got they've put out now by some estimates, 500 anti-vaccine websites. time you put the word vaccine into a search engine, whether it's Yahoo or Google, you're going to get anti-vaccine misinformation. That's number one. And every time anyone types in vaccines on Google, all they're inundated. They're just inundated everywhere with anti-vaccine propaganda, hysterically, right? No, but I guess my point is um, parents don't get the chance because they're so inundated with phony anti-vaccine information. That, if they do a Google search. Yeah, or yeah. whatever, you know, whatever search they do. Have you guys tried this lately? I'm going to do it right now. Let's do it right now together. I don't use Google as a search engine, but let's try it. Let's go to Google and let's type in vaccine. Just the word vaccine. You get 252 million results, and it's about Democrats promising to eliminate vaccine religious exemptions, uh, Children less protected by whooping cough, whooping cough because they didn't get enough vaccines. Um, you get one group talking about how they're using aborted baby cells in vaccine production, which is absolutely true. But everything else on here is vaccines.gov. So that's the government vaccines and scientific journals. You've got pro vaccine organizations. You've got the CDC on here, WebMD about vaccine information All the way down here at the bottom, you get the National Vaccine Information Center. Most people are not even going to look all the way down here at the bottom. So out of all of the returns that come up, two of them are talking about this. Everything else is pro-vaccine. 
No, I'm sorry. I actually I read that article wrong. Apparently, children are less protected by whooping cough vaccine than they once were. This actually just came out. And it says that researchers from the CDC are now saying that the vaccine used for whooping cough is less effective because the bacteria behind the disease is mutated. Oh, look at this. We're making the best use of the vaccine. Really? What, what is the use of it if you openly admit that the Bordetella pertussis, which causes whooping cough, has undergone genetic changes and this isn't effective? But really, you have to think about the timing on this search results. I mean, if these news articles hadn't come out at this exact time I did this search... It probably wouldn't even have had this much because otherwise these results are predominantly overwhelmingly pro-vaccine. They're not really giving you both sides except for maybe that one site that has pro-con, but everything else is the government and every other organization telling you that you should get vaccines. So I don't know what he's talking about. If you go to Yahoo, let's do it on Yahoo now, vaccine. You've got the Wikipedia entry for vaccines. You've actually got a bar called Feel Good Results for Vaccines, which is all the great, like how this baby in some remote village was the first person to receive a vaccine delivered by a drone. You've also got, again, scientific journals, the CDC, dictionaries talking about it, Science Direct talking about it, Britannica. You don't have any anti-vaccine propaganda or anti-vaccine groups promoting anything. There isn't a single one in the search results. You have to keep going further and further down to even find it. And again, they've shown historically that people usually accept the first several results. People don't usually go digging for information. So I don't know what this guy is even saying. Search engines just hysterically promoting anti-vaccine propaganda everywhere from every search engine everywhere is not even based on reality. Even when you type in anti-vaccine into Google, you get a whole bunch of countering that narrative pro groups. That is what you get. So even when you search for anti-vaccine, you don't get anti-vaccine information. You get pro-vaccine information countering anti-vaccine narratives. So I don't know where he's even trying to make this claim. It just seems like it's one of those baseless claims that people make when they're trying to get something shut down. It's not based on reality. What you actually seemingly have is a bubble that has been created so that when you try to search for vaccine-related information, you will almost assuredly entirely get pro-vaccine information, in fact, online. That is what's actually happening. It's the complete opposite of what this man is saying. So roughly six months ago, he put out this book, Vaccines Did Not Cause Rachel's Autism. And it's about his journey as a dad and scientist, a pediatrician. And that's great. I would never make light of any child's autism. I feel great empathy for all of them in general. But his interest is clearly in shutting down any debate that might question or tie it uh, to vaccines, and he just wants to kind of diffuse the argument into, well, it's genetic factors. And when I say that, I'm not generalizing. I'm basing that on a quote made in November 2018, just after the book came out. It was published in Matsov.com. And the interviewer asked him, uh, she said, you've, worked long, you've long worked on vaccines, but you've never been very public about your experience as an autism dad. Why did you feel the need to come out with your personal story now? So... He answers that question, but let's raise the question. Why did?
are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. The reviews for Extendivite are amazing. Here are some from Amazon by Christine. Great for heart palpitations. By Anne, before I started using this product, every afternoon, my ankles and my hands would be swollen. That doesn't happen anymore. So if that part of their advertising is true, I have to assume that the rest of it is also. Not to mention that when I had my yearly blood test, only a few weeks after beginning to use this product, my cholesterol had dropped over 30 points. I'm going to continue to take it. By Croc, I love this product. It really works. By Brad, works great. Thank you. Tell us your story. Get your Extendivite today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Tired of being lied to by mass media? It's growing more and more apparent today that news is received less and less through standard media outlets. Even with a growing audience every day, RBN is beginning to direct more efforts into social media. Social media and the use of the Internet is fast becoming the primary source of people for news, regardless of demographic. RBN has set out to provide some of the best news on the Internet through republicbroadcasting.org and also has begun to use the tools to our advantage by way of social media. Republic Broadcasting is now operating a Facebook page to function as yet another avenue to have our collective voice reach new audiences across not only America, but across the globe as well. The Facebook page features not only news, but also an RBN player to listen to our broadcast. Get involved by visiting facebook.com slash republicbroadcasting and liking our page and share it with your friends and family because you can handle the truth. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. He feel the need to come out with his personal story now. Was it out of concern about his daughter and other autistic children? Well, Peter Hotez, in his own words, says, quote, I felt I was losing the battle to the anti-vaccine lobby. So he admits in his own words, it wasn't out of concern about the autism issue. It was to use it as a weapon against anti-vaccine lobby, I mean, as he calls it. that's pretty messed he up. He says, I felt it was a public service or duty to do everything I can to slow down the anti-vaccine movement. Including so, throwing his child out there in a book. I'm just... <laughs> I, that's his business if he wants to use his child's personal story in that way, but that's... <laughs> 
uh, not very ethical in my personal opinion. But the interview goes on to say changing people's minds is difficult. Part of the problem is mistrust of experts and of the medical establishment. You're part of that establishment. Why do you think people will listen and trust you? And Peter Hotez says, quote, well, I'm part of the establishment. And then again, I'm really not. Although I'm a vaccine scientist heading the Texas Children's Hospital for vaccine development, we're a nonprofit industry that doesn't take oh vaccine gosh. industry funding. Uh-huh. We're developing vaccines for the poorest of the poor with no real prospect of significant financial return. I will never make a dime on our neglected tropical disease vaccines. So while it well, might be true. That's a pretty specific statement on, on that. He's well, not going to make a dime on that. that the Texas Children's Hospital is nonprofit, but he's also simultaneously working for Baylor's Medical Division. He's also promoting his books, and he's been part of various institutions. Not to mention, again, $52 million from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. How can he even sit in front of anybody anywhere yeah, and I with mean, a straight face act like he's not been funded by these people? Yeah, I, mean, like, I don't, year I don't before even understand his, it. A year before his book came out and he started on the anti-vaccine thing, he said in August 2017, quote, We're very excited about our new collaboration with Millipore Sigma to advance this life-saving vaccine said Dr. Peter Hotez. And Millipore Sigma is the life science business of Merck. He's partnered with Merck. Vaccine developer, a former president of the Sabin Vaccine Institute, and director of the Texas Children's Center for Vaccine Development. Professor Hotez is a doctor with a lot of titles who brings a lot of prestige, power, and money to any academic setting in which he works or appears. And I don't think it was because he never makes a dime and just does it for the poor that he said in 2007, it's like a dream with Alyssa Milano and too much red wine to wake up and realize my lab was fully funded. I don't care how many bow ties that guy wears. Like, that makes me really sick. Who pays for those bow ties? I'm just just kidding, but... And so then Joe Rogan asks him several times. He brings this up multiple times. Like, I could only listen to the thing for like an hour. So I don't even know how many more times this possibly got brought up. But it was brought up several times. Why don't you just have a debate? First of all, some of this anti-vaccine media empire needs to be dismantled. 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 And, and that, but again, who's to and, say whether they're wrong or right? Like, shouldn't, I mean, it seems like there should be some sort of a debate, Right. If you're right and your science is so solid and you have all this data and you just know 100% that vaccines are the greatest thing that mankind has ever seen in their lifetimes and we should all be forced to take it and we can't talk down against it at all and no one should have a right to speak out against it because you're just correct, why don't you have a debate about that? And this guy had like so many excuses for why he can't have a debate. First, he said that... It will give too much legitimacy to the anti-vaccine side. There should be a debate where there's some sort of a, 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 a like some sort of a monitored conversation where you can have you versus someone else and break this down. Yeah, but that that has that's a two-edged sword too because you know then it gives some false legitimacy to the anti-vaccine side. It's like debating. The smoking cause cancer. Yeah, but doesn't right? isn't there already a problem? I mean, it seems like if there's this many, if you do a Google search and you're just overwhelmed right. with anti, it seems like the the fight has already been lost. If that's the case, that's right. So yeah. giving them legitimacy, it's like it's not necessarily giving them legitimacy. It's giving them if you giving you rather a forum to dismiss their legitimacy. Yeah, I mean, I think you know part of what has to be done is I mean, it's a, 
and, and this gets into all sorts of First Amendment issues, and I'm not a lawyer, uh, but, you know, the, the idea that Amazon now is putting out all of these phony books and, and phony documentaries. That, well, they're just that, a distributor, right? I mean, yeah. They, they don't have to go over every book that they sell. Which he also, at one point, accused of possibly being pushed by Russian bots. Um, there's also some reports now of Russian bots and trolls that are amplifying this and sowing political instability in right. the country. He, it's he, the even, Russians. It's the Russians. Like, he actually went there and said that. He's actually trying to say... I can't debate <laughs> them because it's Putin's army of internet <laughs> trolls. He didn't directly say that. He didn't say directly that, say that, no. But he did say... At one point, he didn't want to debate somebody because they're a lawyer and they know how to argue like a lawyer. Anti-vaccine lobby. Now, I know that Robert Kennedy Jr. is, uh, he's a... He's a big one. He's yeah. a big one. Last month, a group of very prestigious scientists with a robust study of African children studied the DBT uh, diphtheria pertussis and tetanus vaccine. Yeah which is the most widely distributed vaccine in the world. They did a vaccinated versus unvaccinated study, which has never been done. And what they found was that the kids who did not get the vaccine, the kids who got the vaccine, the little babies, were 10 times as likely to die in the next two months as the kids who did not. What they concluded was, and this study was funded by the Danish government, and again, these people are very bulletproof scientists, they said that that vaccine is killing more people than diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis combined. And he seems like a very intelligent guy. How could he not be aware of the science behind this, and what is he getting wrong? What what he's getting wrong is just about everything. Um, would he be a guy that you would want to have a debate with or have a discussion with? But again, I mean, I, I'm I'm uncomfortable with the idea of a debate because it's like it's like debating I don't know it's like debating a Holocaust denier whether the Holocaust exists. All right, so let me get this straight: you want to take away everyone else's free speech, and you won't debate them on the science of what you're talking about. I understand what you're saying, but if you're, again, I want to bring this up. If you're, you're complaining there's 19 books ahead of yours that are anti-vaccine books, you've already lost the battle. Like, it's time to regroup. What would he be able to say? Like, what is his take on it? Well, remember, he's, uh, he's an attorney, and mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's very clever, right? And, right. you know, he knows how to, presumably knows how to do arguments in court. And what am I? I'm a scientist. As if that matters, if you have truth on your side, it doesn't matter how good of an arguer someone else is. If your tr- if your information is true and you have truth on your side, you shouldn't have a problem. I think the reason the guy doesn't want to debate is because he would lose. I think he would lose bad. And here's why. Following it, there's a, there's a clip. You guys have to see it for yourselves. Following a press conference on a federal law to force vaccinations in the States, Rachel Marquez asked Peter Hotez if he really knows why parents don't want to vaccinate. He actually, she directly confronted him. And look at how he handled this mother confronting him. This is just a mother who's concerned about her children. And she even tried to say, I respect you as a a scientist. I respect your research, but can't you respect my opinion? Now, just listen to how he handles this. Have you had an honest conversation with a vaccine hesitant parent? Was a vaccine hesitant parent? I have. We're not anti-vaccine, Mr. because I respect you. Your knowledge. Well, uh, we're not a hate group and we're not anti-vaccine. We're not. Like, we're, we're, please, uh, this is what I want. Please hear us. 
He resorts to ad hominem attacks and calls her a useful idiot and, and says it's just because you're so propagandized by the anti-vaccine movement as if parents are just so stupid. They can't come up. They can't make their own decisions about anything. And when they're confronted with propaganda, they can't even think about it and make logical, rational, critical educated decisions. I mean, he called her a useful idiot to her face. Functioning is the useful idiots of the no. This is this is the guy. So no wonder he doesn't want to have a debate. He can't win a debate. It doesn't even matter if he's got science on his side. He doesn't even know how to talk to other human beings, but he's somebody who's going to go out there and stump for shutting down everyone else's ability to have this conversation. The thing is, there are real issues here and sweeping everyone's concerns aside and pretending like they don't exist, shutting down the conversation as if we're not even allowed to have it to begin with is not the way to handle this. In fact, doing that is only going to do the opposite and make more people suspicious of this whole situation. Because here's the thing. Back in 1986, Congress passed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, and it admitted and acknowledged that, yes, people have vaccine injuries. Yes, People have deaths. And yes, it's it's causing this for some people and they have to have some kind of recourse. But at the same time, what it also said was that people could not directly sue vaccine manufacturers. And what you have to understand is that the vaccine regimen changed dramatically around 1989. The reason it changed, Tucker, is that Congress drowning in pharmaceutical industry money It's something they've never done for any other industry. They gave blanket legal immunity to all the vaccine companies so that no matter how sloppy the line protocol calls, no matter how absent the quality control, no matter how toxic ingredient or egregious injury to your child, you cannot sue them. So there's no depositions, there's no discovery, there's no class action suits. All of a sudden, vaccines became enormously profitable. From from that point, from 89 when the law passed. So instead what they did was they set up a national injury vaccine compensation program, which allows people no-fault compensation alternatives. At 87, it was implemented, and then it was a gold rush by the pharmaceutical industry to add new vaccines to the schedule. So I got three vaccines, and I was fully compliant. I'm 63 years old. My children got 69 doses of 16 vaccines to be compliant. And a lot of these vaccines aren't even for communicable, you know, casually communicable diseases like hepatitis B, which comes from unprotected sex or, you know, using a sharing needles. Why do we give that to a child the first day of their life? So the U.S. Court of Federal Claims now is deciding and has been since the late 80s vaccine injury claims. And every quarter, the Department of Justice puts out a report or has at least for the last several years, quarterly reports from the DOJ about how many petitions are being filed and what claims and settlements are being adjudicated. And if you read the list of these things and and which vaccine it was and what they say it caused and how many years it took people 
going through this system just to get compensated, I mean, it's a pretty horrifying list. The flu vaccine is on here a lot. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you had a choice between getting the flu and having Guillain-Barre syndrome, kidney failure, and death, you would pick getting the flu. So this list is, it reads like the worst horror film you've ever seen in your life. That's not just a bunch of people making stuff up. These are settlements that were adjudicated by a U.S. federal claims court. And in this Health Resources and Services Administration report, which was updated just a couple of weeks ago, ultimately what they admit down here is that the government has, in in the last 30 years, paid out $4 billion to people who have been damaged. Now, it's a small number of people on this list. They say for every 1 million doses of vaccine, only one individual is compensated. But look at this system you have to go through. It takes years. Most people don't even know it's here. There are figures out there that say that only between 1 and 10% of all vaccine injuries are even ever reported because lots of things are notoriously underreported. We don't really have good data on lots of crimes that happen in this country because people just don't report things. So we don't really know what the true numbers are here. But, but you know, what's, what's a one in a million, what's a one in a 10 million risk? As I said, we have to keep that in perspective because the odds of getting hit by lightning is one in a 700,000. Even if it is one dose in a million that causes somebody to have something, people don't want to be that one dose. They don't want it, and they especially don't want their children to be that one dose. So this is a real issue. It's not just made up fairy stories. It's something that people are very, very concerned about because I think in large part they feel like, hey, it's 2019. Why don't we have this in a, in a place where people aren't getting Guillain-Barre syndrome because they take a vaccine that they're told when they go into their doctor's office is safe and effective and is not going to harm them. And most people aren't even told what the side effects are. Okay. So this is the problem. And just pretending like it's not there and doesn't exist and we shouldn't have that conversation and let's not even talk about it all is not the way to handle this. And when I refer to the book as propaganda, what I'm saying is that Hotez is consciously developing and projecting a, quote, personal brand, end quote, or persona as a scientist. He admits it. He wrote a paper about how to do it. The paper, launched in the same month as his touching book about his daughter with autism, is titled, quote, Crafting Your Scientist Brand, end quote. And his effort is so calculated and yet inauthentic that it's almost pathological. Hotez writes that he thought of developing his, quote, personal brand for the first time upon arriving at Baylor Medical and Texas Children's Hospital in 2012, and has deliberately crafted an image of his identity as a, quote, vaccinologist and autism dad, end quote, not in order to crusade on behalf of children with autism, but for the explicit purpose of fueling, quote, and this is a direct quote, my struggle to combat a well-organized and well-funded pseudoscience anti-vaccine lobby whose American epicenter is now also based here in Texas, end quote. So that's why he's created the personal brand, and you have to wonder if that's why he wrote the book about his daughter. Wait, wait. He's, he made a personal brand of being a vaccinologist and an autism dad. He's calling that a personal brand? In his personal brand paper, he says his personal brand is, quote, vaccinologist and autism dad, end oh, quote. Ugh. Do you see this, guys? Do you see it? 
I can't even keep going over these talking that's, points. That's what... It's just this entire behavior and everything they're trying to do right now does not garner public trust. Public trust? Peter No Debate Hotez, if you go to his site, at least today, the first item on his site, vaccines cannot and do not cause autism. There's no debate. It says that. There's no debate. <laughs> Peter No Debate Hotez, you're not allowed to debate. Don't even bother thinking. Just accept. I, this makes me want to move out of the state of Texas. I just, I can't even with this. I, the I only thing about it. Texas is that they have more exemptions and more opt-outs than just about any other place. But so they dug this guy up because he he's in the state. But this is a global of. agenda because our subject here, Peter Hotez, and the guy who wrote the introduction to his book on Rachel's autism wasn't caused by vaccines, those two working together, well, they also put out a scientific article that they titled Science in the Fight to Uphold the Rights of Children. So this is about a world government trying to uphold the rights of children against their evil parents. And what the abstract says here is, the United States is the only major nation not to have yet ratified the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. Recently, there's been an erosion of rights of children across America, Europe, and elsewhere. But through science, we may have an opportunity to counter some of this alarming trend. In the area of vaccines, the scientific community can raise its voice on the dangers that non-medical exemptions and delays pose to children at risk for measles, influenza, and other illnesses. Gun violence and gun-related accidents are killing children daily in America. Climate change is promoting global pediatric malnutrition. Uh, so what they've done here is wrap together a whole global agenda uh, for restricting rights in the United States where we have rights and they're declared and on paper and recognized. And they're trying to roll them back under a global, we know better policy of experts, like you said. And in the paper, uh, he outlines again that this is about science defending children in vaccines, in poverty, neglected diseases, climate change, gun violence, a hugely politicized agenda in this paper, and a, a more honest look at what's behind this man and his talking points. But he and his co-author, who's a bioethicist, uh, so he definitely knows better, they write that tens of thousands of children in the U.S. and Europe are, quote, currently denied the right to be vaccinated against diseases, uh, dot, 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 because parents are withholding or delaying life-saving vaccines from their children. So parents who don't know better, they're denying their children's right to be vaccinated by the doctors who represent the global authority, who, of course, know better. I mean, they don't tell people this. There's not a news article about pediatrician Hotez says we should bow down to world government and do what the United Nations tells us. He's trying to argue all these reasons <laughs> it's Orwellian. It's so Orwellian to say this and frame it in a way that it's the rights of the child when it's actually about restricting actual rights. Like, it's, it's a nightmare. And this is someone, again, who doesn't want to debate. Just don't even try to argue the merits of any of it. We're not going to have a debate over people's natural God-given rights at all. We're just going to say, let's ratify some United Nations conventions. And it's just gonna... There are vaccines that include aborted fetal tissue. There are parents that have religious reasons why they do not want to inject that into their children. 
And I guess those people don't have a religious right either. Just there's no rights at all. Does Peter Hotez live in another America that isn't the one that has the Bill of Rights, that has religious freedom, that has the freedom of speech? I mean, I don't know. Am I getting confused here about where we are? He's saying today he's saying they've proved it. Science has proved it. There's no link between autism and vaccines. I don't know. Look into it. Study it. He's saying it's solved and there's no debate. And parents don't have a right to opt out and get the vaccines. Not quite 20 years ago when they were passing the Homeland Security bill into law, they put in a provision blocking lawsuits against vaccine makers over thimerosal over the alleged link to autism. Do you swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so you got We're talking about why they're putting mercury in vaccinations and why it's never been tested since 1929 when Lilly developed it. They were scared of the lawsuits, no matter what the truth is about the links between vaccines and autism. Someone's got something at stake here. And this is somebody who put himself out there as the public figurehead of why the quote-unquote anti-vaccine movement, which anybody who has any concerns about vaccines or giving vaccines to their children is all swept up into this anti-vaccine movement media empire thing that they're trying to just put everyone into this. If you have any concerns at all and not have a choice because it's a requirement, so you're going to be forced. And that is horrifying to me. It's not a choice. It's a requirement. It's a I I didn't know that we woke up and lost all our freedoms and rights because they did a scientific study supposedly showing that autism isn't connected to vaccines. They're still studying gravity and finding out things about gravity. The science is never settled. They're still looking into everything. The nature of science. I mean, we'll never finish this video because the appalling abyss of hell (laughs) that is this issue will just never end. There keeps being more and more aspects. This video, you guys, you guys see this, right? You're see, you're seeing this. This is why this had to happen. I saw this nightmare and I couldn't unsee it, and I just feel like there's no way this should be going on without somebody saying something. Because as far as I'm concerned, at least as we stand here in 2019. This is still America, we still have the Bill of Rights, and we still have freedom of speech. There's another percentage, and I don't know what the percentage is, whether it's 10-15% that are deeply dug in and are wholly invested in this conspiracy theory that the that the government is in cahoots with the pharmaceutical companies yes. and bloody bloody blah. Yes. And then if you try to talk them out of it, uh, they just think you're part of the conspiracy. And more broadly, as other people have pointed out, if vaccines or any idea is so great, why do you have to force the implementation of it and mandate that people take it? If it's such a great idea, it should sell itself. And not even allow people to to have a discussion about their concerns? This is the point, okay? This is wrong. And this is the bigger picture. It doesn't matter if you are pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. That's not even the point of this. This is more about now trying to label anybody who does not agree with establishment positions and then get them shut down and get them banned from the modern public square 
where free speech should be allowed to happen, which is the internet, which is the major corporations that comprise of billions of people a day communicating with each other. That is where the public debates are happening. That is where public conversations are happening. And if you start banning people and acting like multi-billion dollar corporations that take grants from the government on, and are literally where everyone is talking to each other today are just private corporations that can make decisions about what is being allowed to be said or not, they are always going to go for the status quo. That is how the whole thing is set up. And this guy is stumping for that by using rhetoric that is incredibly inflammatory, not just ad hominem name-calling of individual parents to their face because he can't win a debate, but, but straight up using phrases like hate group. Engaging in defamatory speech and using violent imagery to call on governments to snuff out people for exercising freedom of thought, speech, conscience, and religious belief does not meet even a minimum standard for civil conduct. A child health advocacy group that points out vaccine science research gaps, criticizes paternalism in medical practice, and challenges the use of utilitarianism as the moral foundation for public health policy, does not qualify as a hate group. Which is tied to legal ramifications now for speech. Do you see what I'm saying? This is so incredibly wrong and and so incredibly bad for the many people write us about their experience with extendivite allow me to read you some from amazon.com it really does work like the review says it does I cannot believe that after the first few days, I didn't feel as sluggish or clogged up. It has had a profound impact on my physical, emotional well-being. I'm skeptical as most people about products and their claims, and I never write reviews. But this is a wonderful product, and I recommend it to everyone. Great product. It has brought my blood pressure from the mid-150s over the 80s to the mid-130s over mid-80s. Along with diet and exercise in just the past couple of months. Excellent. Thank you, David. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. Call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Vaccine science research gaps. 